Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. All right. Thank you so much for joining episode 75 here at Break Culture Weekly. We have a great guest for you today. Um, I get the chance to sit down and chat with Emily Kless from Top. She's the new communications manager, and her background's awesome. She was actually an intern at the MLB Players Association and then moved into a digital role at Tops three years ago and oversaw some of the, the social media channels, actually nine Twitter accounts, eight Facebook pages, and one Instagram account. It's mind-blowing to think about those that many channels. Um, but her experience is very well-rounded, and her new role as a communications manager is is fascinating. In fact, we get to talk about all kinds of things that uh, I think you'll be interested in as a collector, from the 2020 um, uh, approach to the different products they have, like Ginter and Series 1 Flagship, to GPK 35th Anniversary, to some of their new digital stuff and their digital strategy in general. They got a Disney app coming out in a couple weeks that uh, she mentioned a few times. You know, they're very well-rounded at tops. I think we forget that sometimes. But she was also gracious enough to handle some of the questions that um, the members of our Patreon group asked and, and some questions around distribution and their approach to checklist and you know the SPs and SSPs that were left off of 2019 update and really what the method is that they have behind the scenes at tops and, and the production process. So very informative. I think you're going to love the conversation. She's just a pleasure to talk to. Look forward to having her back on during their uh, series one push here in a few months. But she was also kind enough to give away a 2019 box of Topps Triple Threads Baseball, which releases next week. Actually, the official release date is uh, the 23rd. And uh, when it hits her desk next Wednesday, she has agreed to send a box off to one of you listeners in, in addition to a Topps prize pack. And here's how you enter. It's actually going to be pretty fun. If you listen to the very end of our conversation, we do some rapid fire like we normally do. And one of the questions I ask is, which celebrity would you pick to make you dinner tonight? And uh, she gives a really fun answer to it. I'll let you wait and listen to that. But all you have to do to enter is answer that same question in the comments on Twitter or the comments on YouTube. So go to the episode link uh, or the, the tweet link here for this episode and, and answer that question. Which celebrity would you have make you dinner tonight and why? Obviously, on Twitter, you only have a 240-character limit, um, so do your best to be efficient. But we're going to pick the top three answers to that question, and then we'll randomize. One of those three will win a brand-new box of Topps Triple Threads Baseball and a Topps Prize Pack, and uh, absolutely enjoy that. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to see some of your answers, and uh, her answer was, was awesome, by the way. But anyway, thanks for listening. Be sure to go subscribe on YouTube and Patreon and iTunes and all those different platforms that Breaker Culture is on so you can get updated on all of our new episodes and some of the fun analytics type content that we continue to put out on BreakerCulture.com. We appreciate it. Um, have a great week. Enjoy the episode. Emily, how you doing today? Hey, Ty, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I, I'm glad to hear you're in good spirits after the brutal, brutal game we had to suffer through last night. It was, uh, it wasn't the best, but um, <laughs> you know what? We we play well under pressure, and tonight is a win or go home. So you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. That's true. Who who's uh, taking the mound? 
Tonight? That's a great question. I mean, I I'm know that. Think, I think I'm still a little um, wrapped up in CC's exit from last night. Um, obviously tough to watch with the injury, but mm. uh, man, what a hell of a career. He's uh, uh, just um, hopefully a Hall of Famer. He's got to be a Hall of Famer. But, he's uh, done, yeah, right? Was, he's done for sure. Is that? He's got to be, yeah. Yeah. But, um, it's Pax yeah, and Verlander I mean, tonight, this FYI. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I knew they were saving Verlander for uh, <laughs> to the final. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. What makes playoff baseball so good? You bet. Well, I I am excited to have you on. We we've been going back and forth. I feel like the last six weeks since you took over the new role at Tops. But um, for those that don't know, um, you're you're the new communications manager for Tops. But maybe just give a, a real quick background on kind of your role at Tops. And you've been at Tops for a while, right? You kind of evolved into this role, so I'm kind of excited to hear. How you yeah, got here. that's correct. And I want to thank you for having me on. When you first reached out to me, I was so excited because, um, you know, I'm just I'm trying to get to know everyone that's in the hobby. Yeah. And I, I thought this was a great way to reach some of your followers and listeners. Sure. So thank you again. But uh, yeah, I have. I've been at Tops for two and a half years and I've actually been in our digital division. So our mobile apps, uh, you know, we have uh, nine soon to be 10 mobile apps. Where My you can, goodness. Yeah, own and trade trading cards right from the palm of your hand. It's, uh, you know, an, an awesome concept. And uh, it's cool because it kind of gave me that first glimpse into the world of tops. And mm -hmm. so the way you say evolved into this role, I really do feel that I've kind of evolved here. I understand what it's like from the digital side, and I'm really wrapping my hands around uh, what it's like from the physical side. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. That's great. Man, I did not realize you had nine, soon to be ten Yes, apps. that's crazy. I, I I think of Bont, I can think of Kick, I can think of Huddle. What yes, what am I missing you, in there? <laughs> you, you're missing all the entertainment ones. Well, of course you're missing uh, NHL too from the digital side from sports. But uh, you know WWE, our Slam app, Star Wars card trader, trader. Uh, recently Marvel Collect, uh, you know, came out with Avengers Endgame that was back wow. in. May and uh, newly announced that they're going to have a Disney Collect app that's coming this November. Hold on, let me tell my kids real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. It's, it's so collectible. I mean, Disney is just such a collectible brand, and I'm excited for, for those guys in digital because I think that they're just going to take digital collectibles to a whole new level with uh, with the Disney Collect app. So I, I'm really excited to see how that one turns out. Interesting. I definitely want to come back to some of the digital stuff here in a little mm -hmm. bit but because uh, it's definitely fascinating to me. But So tell me then, how did you first get introduced to Tops? I know you were – was it – were you working interning with MLB Players Association? Is that kind of yeah, how it led to Tops? That's exactly right. I was at the Players Association working on uh, in their communications department, and a bunch of great guys over there, and obviously have a connection with Tops. And so it kind of just uh, worked out once once the uh, it was a kind of like a, an externship, a post grad externship. Mm. And once that ended, I came over here to Tops in a community manager role uh, for our digital apps. And uh, two and a half years later, here I am. That's awesome. So when this role popped up, then what was kind of the most exciting thing to you? What, what got what, what piqued your interest the most? Sure. I mean, as a uh, an eight year old who was obsessed <laughs> with her Tradem softball cards, uh, wow. being at Tops is just it, it's really great. I absolutely love baseball. I've learned so much about WWE and Star Wars and even GPK. And there's just such great brands that we work with. And um, you know, 
being able, especially from the social media side of things, um, I'm hoping to kind of take tops to the next level, so to speak, in social media and, um, Hmm. you know, really just kind of connect this, what a lot of people think is an old school type of hobby with this new school technology that we have and being able to reach so many more people on social and let people know that, hey, tops is still around and, and we do some cool stuff and, you know, really have that connection between uh, our fans and our followers and our social accounts and try and, you know, bridge the two together and and show what's going on behind the scenes, the access that we have Mm. to players and talent doing signings. Um, You know, there's just a world of opportunity. So I'm, I'm really excited to just jump right in. I love it. I love it. There's probably so much we get to dig into in the digital side that we've talked about in past podcasts with other, you know, group breakers and people in the hobby trying to figure out social and kind of its place in the hobby. I'm sure you've learned an insane amount since you started. You're right. I mean, it's kind of like, what do we do with this crazy world that is social media? But yeah. um, it's such a great place to connect. And I, I think, you know, for the hobby, it's only going to grow it because you are reaching a brand new audience that you might have never reached before. And so, um, yeah, it would be interesting but i'm uh, really excited uh, you know of course for all your followers ty if you don't follow us on social media go give at tops a follow or on facebook instagram twitter and uh yeah comment like share let us know your thoughts it's a uh, it's a fun place absolutely and i'll put all those links in, in the show notes but in your previous role i think you manage i think you said you manage like nine different accounts in the twitter side eight facebook pages and in, in an instagram account <laughs> That's correct. Which is uh, mind blowing to think about. Like, it's insane <laughs> amount of stuff you're handling. G- give us some tips and tricks that you learned kind of during that time of managing all of that noise. Sure. I, I mean, you know, each of the digital apps actually has their own Twitter account. So that's where yeah. so many of those numbers come from. But uh, what I really liked about it, it was such a direct connection to those tops digital fans and being able to really just chat in the mm-hmm. moment. It was like a live chat, especially on Twitter, uh, replying back. And of course, it's a place with a lot of noise, but you know, the, our fans are so passionate and our collectors are so passionate and it's a great place to just kind of have this banter and it's fun when when silly stuff starts to trend and pops up and you can you know tie tie tops into whatever's happening on social media i mean it really is a fun place Hmm. interesting you only have 129,000 followers in your main account is that all (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome awesome stuff so um, shift back to more of your personal side. So what, what is your favorite tops product that tops puts out every year? Oof! already with the hard hitting questions, you said you wouldn't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I have a soft spot for Allen and Ginter. I, I just think it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's yep. of course outside the baseball world, but, um, within the baseball world, I, I think I love triple threads, which is actually coming out next week. So this is incredibly timely. Um, just a really cool product and always the design of the product is, is unique the way they design around the relics and just a, you know, huge shout out to the designers that mm. work on the product itself. I think it's beautiful. What, what, awesome. Are you, are you going to be managing certain products? I know Sue's in her previous role kind of got assigned to different products. Are you, is that going to be kind of your style as well? Or is it going to be just oversight to almost everything? 
Yeah, it's a bit more oversight, but cool. you know what? We see what's coming up, what we think um, needs a bigger push versus what organically just gets a nice push around it. Nice. Uh, a lot of, you know. Um, but um, we'll see. I mean, with triple threads, for example, you kind of know what you're getting. And so yeah. we don't need to do anything crazy with it. But I do, I you know, I can't wait to show off some of the cards ahead of the product actually coming out. And of course, you can see all of that fun teaser like stuff on our social media pages. But, um, you know, it's it's a little bit more oversight than just uh, managing a certain product, so to speak. Got it. Got it. And you keep talking about triple threads as if you want to give a box away. So we'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> Oh gosh! All right, I'll, I'll put in a request now. We'll uh, make sure you get a box of triple threads. We're we're gonna give one away. Is it gonna be from your social media pages, or where where are we gonna have this giveaway? Let's uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, maybe we'll do a uh, we'll do some sort of contest. We'll we'll think about it. You and I will we'll come up with something good. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, so so I'm curious though. So when you look at a product like t- triple threads, right, where it probably sells pretty well on its own, it has a pretty good following inherently. How do you look at it then when you kind of say, I want to come around this and support it from the digital side? What's kind of your approach to fill in the gaps and kind of push it to the next level? How do you look at it? I think that what a lot of people like to see is the behind the scenes decisions that maybe go into it. So why are these players matched up and why is this relic here? And, you know, Mm -hmm. like I mentioned from the design perspective, especially just because triple threads, I I think always has really cool designs around those relics. Um, You know, the book cards, there's a lot that goes into triple threads, a product itself. So if I can shed a little bit of a light on, you know, what's going into the product, the type of different cards they can actually see within the product um, and just really expand the breadth of of everything that you might see and might find in a box. I think that's kind of the way to go about it. And, uh, you know, people people just love to see the cards and like to see what you can potentially rip open. And uh, that's the exciting part. Right. So being able to to share that ahead of time and just get people excited for the product to come out, I think, is um, is, you know, what what fans want to see. I love it. I love it. So when you talk about kind of giving behind the scenes stuff, where can we find that specifically? Is that on the top's main Twitter account or? Sure. Yeah, you could definitely check that out on Twitter. You know, we do some stuff like, hey, this is coming out tomorrow or this is coming out next week see what see what you can find inside the product um i'm currently in the development stages of just getting my hands around our instagram page a little more and seeing how Uh. we can utilize that to uh you know connect with a different type of audience so um yeah we're we're all all that fun stuff you can find on on our twitter on our instagram facebook uh you know we're currently taking submissions for alan and ginter on all our social channels so if you want to see someone in alan and ginter let us know there uh you know it's just like i said a a fun place for banter fun place to chat and to hear from our fans love it love it so what what's happening in tops triple doors this year that we should be aware of anything unique that stands out to you I, I mean, the the book cards are awesome. Yeah, you know, it's I it's, they certainly uh, don't don't fit in my binder at home, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're just some of those cards are, are absolute units, and I and it's it's great. Um, but yeah, you you always find those triple auto, triple relics, um, the one of one auto relic in in every case. Uh, yeah, just just really fun stuff. I I absolutely love the product. Awesome, 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 awesome. Um. Yeah, it's funny. I I kind of a I'm a sucker for heritage, and mm-hmm. the last couple of years I've been I've been getting uh, really into heritage minor, minor oh, baseball, okay. and so I uh, 
I got my kids turned on the minor leagues, and now we're they're wanting T-shirts of all the uh, obscure minor league teams because of <laughs> how good minor league does of of kind of uh, promoting these different minor league teams. I love it. They do. Minor league baseball is so fun. <laughs> I mean, it's it such is. a great. It's too heading out to the ballpark just to, to be there and all the promotional nights that they have. And of course they're, they're kooky and fun names of the teams. I, I, I've for kids and adults alike. I mean, minor league baseball is a blast for sure. For sure. And I guess I say that because I think of triple threads and I think, man, do I want to get my kids excited about this type of stuff yet? Like the really sweet relics because man, it's going to get expensive. <laughs> <laughs> You still have to send them to college, right? Yeah, gosh darn it. <laughs> They're not going to Penn State, I tell you that right now. Not happening. We have a big game this weekend with Michigan, so you'll have to wish me luck here. Ooh, very nice. Penn State football. We can touch on football. Yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah. Who's your team? You must be a Chiefs fan. We, uh, yeah, we are. Well, it's been a, it was a tough night for Mahomes, yeah. obviously, getting hurt. But yeah, that was tough to see. We're big college fans here, so we're, we're Mizzou Tigers. Okay, in great. Our family, so yeah, yep, we, yep. it's a big a weekend for Mizzou. Program. Yeah, it is. It is. It makes it fun. College football's a blast. It is. It is. Yeah, but uh, interesting. Okay, so so tell me then about your perspective of the hobby in general. I mean, you've seen it for a while. Obviously, you grew up in it, but you've been really ingrained in it with being in tops the last three years. What's your perspective in general of the hobby? Do you feel like it's in a good state right now? I, I think it's probably the best it's ever been okay. uh, it, within the past few years, so to speak. I mean, it's just growing and growing and growing, which is really encouraging to see. And uh, I hope a lot of people feel the same way, that it's kind of the hobby's back and it's thriving and, and people are there and locked in and, and it's really encouraging to see. Hmm. Do you guys at, the, at Tops, do you guys feel like the hobby's kind of getting ahead of itself, growing too fast? Or do you have conversations about that of maybe how you guys should respond to the insane growth? Sure. I, I mean, if you ask me, there's no such thing as the hobby <laughs> growing too much or too fast. Uh, you know, and even we talk about it and we say, especially this upcoming year, how can we make a push to capture these new collectors or maybe capture the collectors that had some baseball cards as kids and now, you know, are in salary jobs and want to come back to the hobby. How do we reach them? How do, how do we capture them? And I think the growth of the hobby helps in an organic way because baseball mm. cards and, and WWE and Star Wars are just a little bit more front and center now. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about. And, you know, how do we just continue to grow it is the big question. And, and I think uh, the marketing team here is going to do a really good job this upcoming year with just making a lot of excitement around our, you know, our tentpole events and our, mm-hmm. our of course, Series 1 where we're trying to just blow it out this year. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So when you look at the social media channels then, where, where, do, you, where do you think you're going to focus more on in 2020? Sure. I think that our our current collectors are really locked into Twitter and Facebook, okay. which is awesome. Um, it's where we share checklists. It's where, like I mentioned before, we share kind of those teasers and sneak peeks. I mean, that's just they're, they're locked into those pages. And, and yeah. I love it. I love Twitter because of that I love Facebook because of that. And then Instagram's a little bit of an outlier because it's relatively popular. And it's like, hey, what do we do with this thing? And yeah. I, I think if we can share a little bit more of that 
lifestyle aspect of tops or of card collecting or being a baseball fan or just being a card collector, if we can kind of share that and create and cultivate a community around our Instagram page, uh, it's definitely a different audience than our Twitter and our Twitter from our Facebook, but uh, there's lots of untapped potential there. So I'm ex- kind of excited to see what Instagram brings us here. That's interesting. I feel like I feel like that's kind of the common theme that I've I've gotten from di- different guests over the really the past couple of years. How do I how do I figure out how to use Instagram for my business? No one sure. can really figure out the right recipe. I mean, group breakers get it right because you can put all the sweet hits and all that stuff up there, and you get a nice following. But how do you, from a business perspective, how do you really capitalize on it? Sure, so it's absolutely. good to hear you're dealing with that too, because that <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Are we all? I mean, it really is. Social media is just such a a world where you never know what's going to go viral. You don't know what's going to be sticky or not sticky. And I think especially from an Instagram perspective, because it's so visual that, you know, to be able to put the cards on there that you, you know, the hits that you mentioned, to be able to show visually fans what's happening here at Tops, you know, here at our at our headquarters, what's happening behind the scenes at our events. Um, while all of that content can go in, you know, on all of those platforms, I think that Instagram, that's what people want to see. They just want to see stuff that's cool and sticky. And I don't necessarily think people want to be sold on mm. Instagram. I know I don't. I, I scroll right past all the ads I see. But if I can connect with a brand and that brand can take me closer to the action and tops can take you closer to your favorite players as they're signing cards, then that's the type of stuff that I would love to get on our Instagram account. I love it. I think what I heard there is stop overthinking it and just have fun with Instagram. <laughs> there, I'm sure there's a method to the madness. And when you figure it out, you'll have to let me know, Ty. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably be the last to figure it out because I don't get any of the sweet hits and all that cool stuff. <laughs> Twitter's too good for me. Um, go. I'm going to touch on real quick this top series one for next year because uh, you, you brought it up and I think it's obviously something you guys are focusing on. It's just a flagship product. It is the flagship product, really, I think, across sports. Um, I did have a question from one of our one of our members. Chad was asking, "Do you, do you guys think you'll ever put borders again on your flagship product?" That's a great question. Um, you know what? I, I think it's definitely not out of the question to to put borders back on them. Of course we want to innovate and we want to grow and in order to grow you kind of have to try new things and sometimes those new things are a hit and sometimes they're not so i don't think design wise uh borders are out of the question by any means okay all right i like it it's a very politically correct answer too you said yes without saying no um they taught you well (laughs) (laughs) no it was it was a good question i i know that uh um, everyone has their thoughts design wise of, you know, the, we just want that old school vibe and that old school look versus this modern kind of stuff and the yeah. vertical versus horizontal. I mean, everyone's got an opinion and it's great. It's all great feedback and it's a, you know, it's just the way that we learn and we grow as a company. Mm. Yeah. Very, very true. Very true. So look, let's talk about just kind of the way you approach it. And I don't know if you're in some of these, you know, war rooms where you guys are thinking through the strategy of a product, but I think of like 2019 update that just came out, right? And I think the uproar kind of on the forums and stuff was why in the world they didn't put short prints or super short prints of, you know, Tatis and Alonzo and Jimenez. And then you think about 2020 where you're planning out which rookies. What What is kind of the strategy that goes into thinking about how to place rookies 
and prospects across products? It's a very sure. big question, I know, but just no, no, shed some light would be really helpful. Yeah, definitely. It's a great question. And, um, you know, you also have to think about it from the actual product development perspective, whereas we're building these products months and months and months in advance. Mm. So a lot of times you, you kind of have to guess or, you know, you follow the, these rookies and the scouts coming up and you kind of, you know, put your money on a couple of guys that might you think are going to do well this upcoming season. And, uh, you know, sometimes a, a guy gets really hot and then all of a sudden he's up in the big leagues and, well, our, our checklist was already submitted and those cards are already in production, right? Mm. So there, there is a little bit of um, that caveat of just the actual production process that happens. Um, as far as those decisions, I think you're giving me way too much credit about being in the important meetings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our brand team does a really good job about just being locked into what's happening, not only just in the big leagues, but, you know, in the minor leagues, the scouts, those guys that are coming up, uh, the Arizona Fall League, you know, they're, they do a really good job about kind of just keeping a pulse on baseball itself. And we hope to reflect that in the product. And, you know, sometimes we can make the cut with our with our printing dates. And unfortunately, sometimes we can't. And that's kind of, uh, you know, the dicey game when you play when when you plan months and months in advance. Mm, yeah, I think it's a, definitely a, a point that we do forget about. I mean, so let's talk about update then. I mean, we, this just released. How how long ago was that checklist submitted internally and the print schedule, all that stuff planned? Is this is this like beginning of summer? Do, do you that's have? Question. I'm not sure I know the answer of, of date wise, how many weeks out it needs to be submitted and, and that kind of thing. I mean, I know this stuff definitely happens months in advance. Yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, especially to get it all printed, um, whether there's, you know, for example, on card autos or what have you. And you've got to get this product to the guys to sign. I mean, there's just a lot of different factors sure. that kind of plays into it all. Um, but I, I can. I could probably bet on saying months in advance that, that this stuff has to be decided upon. Got it. So like 2020, you know, top series one is, are you already, you already done and planned and everything's kind of firmed up with, with checklists and stuff, or is there still some manipulating going on and you guys figuring out what, what the best approach is? Uh, definitely slightly, slightly still planning, okay. but I say we're getting there. I mean, the reason why we have the vote for who's going to be card number one so early is yeah. because that actually has to be decided around now. That's so, um, you know, again, just going back to, to the months in advance point, a, a lot of this stuff does have to be kind of set in stone. And, you know, that again, that's why sometimes you you miss those big guys that are coming up and it's what can you do, right? You just got to print some cards and unfortunately some of them don't make the cut, but uh, there's always next year, right? That's the beauty of baseball and that's the beauty of baseball cards. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, uh, what's got you excited about series one next year? Anything that stands out? Sure. We're going to do a, a great push around it and Ty, I can't share any details yet, what? but you can you can expect to to see some really exciting stuff for tops around Series One and the launch of Series One. Um, as far as we're concerned, once Series One is out, baseball is back, baby. Oh, for right? sure. It's back, yes. and uh, it's just oh, I love baseball season. It's so exciting. It gets you in the mood for spring training, and uh, so Series One will be coming out after the Super Bowl this year, and mm. so. Once the Super Bowl's over, it's just hey, baseball cards and uh, and baseball and spring training and what have you. Um, series one itself, I, I think it's it, like you said, it's our flagship product. I mean, if you're gonna buy one product from Tops for the year, Series one is it. Mm. 
when can we start seeing some news? Great question. We're in planning mode right now. I don't know if anything out uh, will will officially come out before the end of the year, but okay. uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're, we're like I mentioned, we're trying to blow it out this year and uh, get lots of uh, people involved. So uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Love it. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Yes. <laughs> um, I take the back. I should enjoy the playoffs a little bit longer and then start thinking about series one. Shame there on you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So in doubt, it's like, hey, when's the next season start? Right? There you go. There you <laughs> go. All right, real quick break, just to let you know some of the crazy cool stuff that's going on at Breaker Culture. If you don't follow us on BreakerCulture.com, please do that. All of our analytics, our reviews, group breaker reviews from you guys in the user community, all that takes place on BreakerCulture.com. We have two really great channels for you to really take your knowledge and analytics and community to the next level. We have a Discord channel which is filling up fast, a free channel for you to jump in and discuss all kinds of things around the hobby. But we also have a Patreon channel, which is exclusive membership, where I'm pushing out a lot of additional content around analytics and early access to content. And uh, we're building a pretty fun community that are focused on investing and understanding the hobby at a whole nother level. So look at our links in the show notes for our Patreon channel. Thank you to Ryan, to Hawk, to Ryan number two, Shane, GJB, Michael, Armando, and Alex, who all joined this week on the Patreon side. We appreciate your support, and we love giving you additional content there. Back to the show. So what is your what is your kind of thought, and maybe not just yourself, but tops in general, What what is your thought on group breaking now, I mean, I, I realized three years ago this question was probably more relevant. Hey, what, what are your thoughts on group breaking? Do you think the culture of group breaking now that's finally set into the hobby, do you think it's a good thing ultimately for the hobby? I do, absolutely. Okay. I think that anything that brings people together is is a beautiful thing, which is I think why I love social media so much. But uh, group breakers, I mean, you're buying in and you're following along and seeing what card gets pulled in your spot. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's it's exciting to watch. There's a little bit of a thrill of the chase in there. And then at the same time, you connect with a lot of different people from probably all over the country, all over the world. And it's a really cool thing. I, I think it's great for the hobby. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think obviously you guys have done a good job of adjusting and kind of figuring out ways to to get products that are more geared towards group breakers. And it's, uh, I, I agree with you hundred sure. percent. Uh, but he, a question along those lines, and I'll, I'm going to filter this a little bit because it came from a couple members as well. Um, obviously when you look at the distribution model and you look at the way products are, are pushed out now, it, and the way it kind of moves through the channel, it's become harder and harder for the end consumer to get products. Right. And even new breakers that come into the hobby, it's just they can't get you can't get plugged into the channel. And it's just it's frustrating right across the board. I get it. That's the that's the unfortunate reality of a growing hobby. But how has Tops kind of thought about their plans to address the distribution model? Are you privy to any of that or is there anything you can kind of shed some light around? 
That, that's a, a great point, a great question. I agree with you 100%, and I understand how frustrating it has become. And like you mentioned, it's kind of just because it's a growing hobby. I mean, there's so many yeah. people that are now chomping at the bit to get their hands on this stuff. And from our perspective, that's great. But of course, we want everyone to be included. So I think we're looking at it from you know a holistic perspective. I think the amount of products that we're going to be putting out next year is there's got there's going to be something for everyone whether you're a baseball collector a star wars collector uh gpk it's our 35th anniversary next year of the brand there's just going to be a lot of stuff for people to digest and hopefully that's a way that we can kind of bring everyone into the hobby um as far as the distribution goes i think again you're giving me way too much credit ty but uh i i would be happy to um you know kind of look into it for you guys and for your followers and and since you mentioned that a couple of people have asked the question would be happy to look into it for you guys and even if i can just shoot you an email and maybe shed some more light on it and you can talk about it in a, in a further show or another podcast um that'd be cool that's awesome no i appreciate that yeah oh. and i think one one response you know the the across the river you got panini over there and they do that whole first off the line thing has tops looked at maybe instead of just having the traditional you know, online or traditional distribution method, doing some of that first off the line stuff for products to give, give collectors access to, you know, MSRP product. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, we're, we're ever evolving, even yeah. though we've been around for a long time and sometimes you, you, you just have to change your ways in order to grow, right? That's how we grow is because of change. So I don't think anything's off the board. Yeah. Um, again, strategy wise, uh, I'm, Unfortunately, not the person that decides that. Uh, if it was up to me, I think everyone would just get a free box of cards and go home happy and be able to trade with one another. Um, so, you know, that's definitely why they don't put me in, in charge of those decisions. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's um, like I said, it, it's growing and we're trying to evolve and change with the times and, um, you know, change with the hobby and the way people are digesting these cards and the way people want these cards. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, nothing's off the board. Mm. Nothing's off the board. That's fair. And and your shot at ever becoming CEO of Tops just gone. Now that you want yeah, to give gonna, give everything away. That one out. We're going to have to edit <laughs> I'm only kidding. You you can leave all this in. This has been seriously a great conversation, Ty. I'm really enjoying this. Awesome. So tell me then about how us as collectors, and this I really am interested to hear your responses because I do want to get plugged into this more. How can we better appreciate and incorporate digital into our collecting? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um it, it's such an interesting concept, digital trading cards. One thing that I absolutely love about our apps, and I'll admit I'm, I'm a sports person, so I go to our apps and I collect my cards and then I play them in daily fantasy contests or fantasy light contests where the cards that are in your collection score in real time during you know the NHL games that night or the MLB games on Sunday. And um, I think that's a really, really cool aspect of our apps. It's a lot of fun. You can chat with users right in the message boards of the, the contest feed. And um, so from that perspective, I just, I think the apps are great. Um, you know, it gives your cards a bit more utility in a sense and again you can be anywhere and your whole collection's right in your pocket i love it i love it so so tell me more about that thing because i didn't even really know that it, that existed so you're you're collecting your digital cards appreciate or they they accumulate points is that like through tops bunt and stuff and each of the yeah, sports has their own 
Okay. Exactly. So we have a third party data provider, uh, much like, and I, you know, I compare it to daily fantasy sports where you kind of, you, you collect your cards, maybe some of them have a certain boost value and, you know, you can, those are a little more rare to get. And so that card will score at, you know, three times or 1.2 times that it normally would score. And so each action during the game has its own value, uh, you know, hits, home runs, et cetera. And your cards that you play that in that contest, uh, you know, score, like I said, in real time during mm. the game, you can, uh, a lot of times you can make moves during the contest itself. Maybe you have unlimited moves and you see someone's coming up to bat and you're like, hey, he's been hot. I'm going to put him in now. Um, so there's different ways you can go about it and different, you know, strategies, much like, uh, uh, playing a fantasy in a fantasy league. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really cool aspect to the apps. And like I said, give, gives your card some extra utility in your collection. I love it. No, that's, that's really cool. That's very, very cool. So what, when you look at digital, then what, what are some of the misunderstandings you think collectors have? And because even as you're talking about it, I didn't even know that really existed. What? What are some of the things you have to get past as you're kind of advertising and talking about digital that people just assume that's maybe incorrect? Sure, sure. So uh, a lot of I think of the struggle in digital trading cards is the fact that people can't hold it. Right. Uh, We as collectors, we like tangibility. We like holding something. We like being able to play with it. And and digital does that in various ways that are just so different from the physical realm. But really, at the end of the day, you can tap on your card and flip it over, and you still have those stats on the back, and you can move it around. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe the best part about digital is the edges never get bent. I mean, there's just, uh, you know, su- such interesting and, and different kind of ways that digital um, – provides a, a lot to the hobby in ways that physical may or may not. And, um, yeah, it's really cool when, when you can have a card in your collection in your binder at home and you can own the same one in top spun and you have both versions of it. Very nice. So are you finding then that there is a little bit of an overlap between collectors that do collect the traditional way and then they also kind of add the element of digital or are you finding kind of a new wave of collectors coming in, maybe the younger generation that's drawn to the digital? Yeah, that's a great question. And and the answer is a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, we do have collectors that like owning in both, uh, I say the physical and the digital space. I mean, we're humans and humans inherently just like to collect things and own things. And we want you to own things that you like. And so whether that's coming into, you know, our Marvel collect app and having everything from the comics to all the cinematic universe, or that's, you know, going into your local hobby shop and ripping open a pack of baseball cards. Um, I think that's what tops does really well is just providing various ways for people to collect and you can do both you can do one you can do the other and um it's kind of up to you but uh yeah i mean it's just humans are humans we we like to collect things we like to own things and uh you know put them in our binders and show them off and uh you know it's just it's fun man tops is just so fun and collecting is fun and uh i i think that in the digital space, uh, they're going to do a lot more with digital collectibles and what that actually means. So moving past just um, a static image of a card, but mm. you know they have motion cards, for example, that are actually play on your screen. And then you look at physical and you know think of uh, you know other ways in, in which physical kind of accomplishes that. And so yeah, it's it's really interesting to see both next to each other and see them you know stand alone. Uh, it's it's super cool and. 
I will give a shout out to the guys down in digital, not just because I was down there with them for a couple of years, but uh, man, they, they do some really cool stuff and have some great ideas. And uh, I'm excited, like I mentioned before, the Disney Collect app is coming out in November. So I'm really excited to see what they do with that. That's extremely fascinating to me because you're starting to get into some of the psychology of just the way people work. And Absolutely. It's, which is obviously crazy stuff. And I come of I, I come with a lot of things in the sports car world from analytics perspective, just data, data, data. I would assume you guys look at certain amounts of data when you're making decisions, especially when you're looking at like, how are people interacting with our app? What are they doing here? What's kind of driving this decision? Is it safe to assume that Tops is a data-driven company? We are more technology-focused than I think people even know. It's funny. Uh, you know, even just the technology in the cards themselves, you know, the Chrome technology, for example, right? Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. really technology-focused. And though we think about the hobby as maybe being a little old school and you know, by no means is it old school. It's it's alive and thriving. Um, yeah, Tops Tops does use analytics, and especially down in the digital apps division. Um, you know, understanding how many people are in there, how many packs are being opened. Uh, you know, the spike in activity when a certain pack uh, is released. There's all this different data that we wrap our heads around. It's really fascinating. So cool, so cool. Yeah, that's a great point, though. I think we we do lose sight of just the technology that's created cards or it's creating cards has evolved so much. It's kind of like, you know, the whole, the um, drop a, a frog in water and slowly boil it. You know, you, the warmer it gets, you kind of, he doesn't realize he's boiling, but I feel like that's kind of the same thing, right? We just don't, we've just seen it evolve over the last 20 years. We forget that there's some insane technology. Yeah, yeah, cards. you know, uh, you got to even take a step back from it sometimes because when you're in the thick of it and you're evolving with it, uh, you don't even realize it. But when we take a step back and we're like, hey, we're so much more than cardboard, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's really cool stuff. Very, very cool. Love it. Um, all right. So let's, let's look again into 2020. What what do you think is going to surprise people about tops in 2020? <laughs> great question. That is a great question. Of course, Tops is full of surprises. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I know that. Um, yeah, I think that I, I will say again about Alan and Ginter, um, and maybe I'm so focused on that just because the planning is happening right now, but mm. I'm really excited for Alan and Ginter, and I think a lot of people will be surprised about the um, just the talent that's being selected for it. And what's cool about it, too, and I'm seeing this firsthand now, is how much of a say our fans and our followers actually have and who's making it to the product. Um, like I said, you know, just recently we, we posted on Instagram, on Twitter, and it's coming out on Facebook this weekend. We want to know your thoughts about who you want to see. And the fact that, uh, you know, and our, our brand managers, man, those guys are awesome. They have sat down and gone through every single thing thousand reply on our Twitter feed wow. about who people want to see. I mean, they take such great pride in that product. And I think that's a, a really, really cool thing just to kind of see the behind the scenes. But um, I do want to mention to uh, 2020, our GPK, like I said, it was our, it's our 30th anniversary of the brand this year. And I think uh, the GPK t brand team is uh, going to be doing some really cool stuff. If you haven't heard yet, our, our late-to-school product in GPK is actually uh, the hobby boxes are going to come in metal lunch boxes. Wow. And 
Yeah, so that's going to be the packaging of it. And I'm pretty sure there's it's going to be like a blind packaging type of component. So you, you might not know which lunchbox you're getting until you open it. Um, so I think that's a, a really cool thing for, for those GPK collectors. And, uh, you know, going to be going to be fun when you when you can uh, double your, your packaging as a, as a lunchbox. That is unbelievably cool. I'm a, <laughs> I'm kind of a closet GPK fan. Uh, when the 30th came out, the 30th anniversary back in 2015, I was all over it and I got my kids turned on to it. But the 35th should be really fun. Are you got, are you bringing back Chrome? That's I, a great question. I, I definitely will be happy to ask our brand team about that and would be happy to get back to you with an answer. Um, I know that it's a popular one that people keep asking about. So it looks <laughs> like uh, it's about time for me to get an answer. That's right. Get us a stinking answer, man. Well, you'll have to have me back on so I can prepare better next time. <laughs> we'll have a GPK special episode. Oh, that'd be fun. You, me, and six other listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's the best part. You call yourself a closet, a GPK fan. There are way more of you out there than you think. I, I know that. Um, there's a lot of people that love the, the weirdness and the grossness of GPK. I mean, it's just fun. It's a really fun thing to collect and of course you have the nostalgia factor too with gpk but um man they're gonna do some cool stuff for the 35th anniversary so i'm, I'm looking forward to it that's so true and it's funny sometimes people ask hey what what product was the most successful for you this year when we're we're doing different projects opening or whatever the last three years it's been garbage pill kids people love it they people pay for it. it there's a lot of money in there like you wouldn't be, you'd be like, you're not obviously not surprised but the money people will pay for cards at GPK will blow people's mind. You know what? It was unbelievable. Um, last month when we were – I'm sorry, earlier this month when uh -huh. we were at New York Comic Con, um, and I absolutely love all of the events that, that Tops attends. And we always have, you know, especially at Comic Con, just because New York is right in our backyard, you know, we have a really nice booth presence there and, and a lot of fun. And people just – eat GPK up there. I mean, I, I know that it's it's the audience for it, uh, you know, at Comic-Con especially, but the amount of people that came up and, and just wanted to chat about GPK and, and buy the product and see the cars, I mean, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to have. So cool. Yeah, I, I would be too scared to go to one of those, those conferences. I'd feel like I would just be, uh, I'd be out of my element really quickly. <laughs> well, that, I think the cool thing about Comic-Con is that you can you can go there and just be the absolute best fan that you can be. And, you know, everyone's there to celebrate something, whether that's the pop culture aspect, like Netflix is there and usually HBO and The Walking Dead and what have you. Um, and then there's, you know, the nitty gritty of Artist Alley and the comic book factor. So I think Comic-Con itself has done a great job about expanding its breadth of what they actually provide there. And people, you know, that's, that's why Tops is there, too. You wouldn't really typically think about Tops in, in the Comic-Con world. But here we are with our Star Wars product, GPK, and, and people are there and there's an appetite for it. That's crazy. You know what I'm realizing is you're, you're incredibly well-rounded. Like, and maybe that's for any Tops employee, just because you cover so many different angles. You have to, you have to be able to speak all kinds of languages and the collectible world. So props to you. Very impressive. I, I appreciate it. No, this this has been a, a great conversation. And, <laughs> and I, I like to chat about all this stuff, you know, j just from uh, talking baseball to talking GPK lunchboxes. I mean... <laughs> It's uh, it's incredible what what we do here, and I you know I'm fortunate enough to see it every day and see all the different brand teams uh, working on their products and get excited about what they're doing and 
even, you know, Star Wars is going to have a, a Women of Star Wars set coming out next year. And that I'm incredibly excited for. I mean, there's just really, really cool stuff that happens here. And um, I, I hope that and I know that a lot of our fans share that same excitement. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be great. 2020 is going to be great. That's awesome. No, this has been a great conversation. Let me let me let me end with two things, if you don't mind. One, I, I would love to I would love to come back to this social media stuff real quick. And I I always like to give some tips to listeners who are running their businesses and kind of figuring out how to navigate ways to be more efficient. What what is what are one or two tips you could give to listeners about properly addressing social media and making it really useful for your business? Anything that you Yeah. Again, I, these are not prepped questions for you, so I know you're just kind of off the cuff. No, no, that's that's a great question and um I absolutely love social media. What I think the best thing a brand or a company can do on social is to not sell anything. Um, of course, you know, we want to know, we want fans to know when our product is out, for example, but the more of a place that we can make it where fans can really just come together and interact with tops or interact with baseball through the lens of tops. I mean, we just want to bring fans closer to the action. And I think what a lot of companies and brands can do is just put up engaging, sticky things that you know your followers want to see. And it's not, hey, this is out now, go grab it. But it's, hey, look at this really cool stuff that we made. What's your favorite thing about it? What do you like about it? And hmm. make it more of a conversation as opposed to, um, you know, just preaching preaching to all of your followers, but, but really make it a conversation. And I think one of the things I've been trying to do, especially, um, you know, on Instagram and, and on Twitter is really interact with our fans that have been commenting and comment back to them. And, you know, we're people here too at Tops. And, you know, we're not just a, a bunch of robots that are cranking out cards. We, we love this stuff and we love what we do. And I think that the more your followers understand the, the human element and the emotional factor behind, you know, the reason why you're following them, the more successful you'll be on social media. Hmm. Awesome advice. Awesome, cool. awesome advice. All right. So let I always end with a little bit of rapid fire, some random questions for you and just for us to get to know you a little bit more. You ready for this? I got, I got four questions for I'm you. Ready. I've never been more ready. <laughs> All right. You're the CEO of Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Which one are you and why? Instagram. I love the visual aspect of Instagram. I think it's a great place to share everything from memes to your vacation to maybe your breakfast if anyone wants to see that. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a great place where you can show off your personality. And, uh, as they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. So what better place to do it than on Instagram? There you go. Which celebrity would you pick to make you dinner tonight? Celebrity to make me dinner. I'd say Gordon Ramsay, but I'm a bit afraid that he might yell at me. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I'm, I think maybe I would go with Bobby Flay. And I say this because my parents a long time ago lived in New York City. And before Bobby Flay was, uh, you know, ever who he is today, um, he he lived next door uh, to their, their apartment. They wow. were on the same, in the same building. And as he was becoming a, a more well-renowned chef, uh, he was getting rid of his steak knives because, of course, he was upgrading to much better quality steak <laughs> knives. And, and he gave them to my parents, and we still have them to this day. So maybe I would have Bobby, Bobby Flay make me a plate, and I'd have to eat it with his steak knives. That is so good. <laughs> we did not prepare for that. That's really, that's really good. 
it's cool it's cool and i love the story and and my parents always you know when when they're in a city that has a bobby flay restaurant they like to go and and of course tell the poor waiter about them living next to bobby flay <laughs> and you know as if as if that message will ever make it to the top but uh they love it and i think it's a great story and and i think it's uh it's very cool so i'm glad you asked that is awesome all right so which which mlb player would you have babysit your kids if you had any got to be curtis granderson it's really oh yeah between his uh his grandkids foundation which i think is absolutely incredible that he does and i've had the opportunity to meet him in person um he's just such a great guy and is so easy to talk to and is of course uh you know not new to the business he knows how to interact with people and you know speak as we see on tv during the playoffs right now and uh yeah absolutely love curtis i know he's not a father himself or i don't believe that he is but um i I would go with curtis granderson love it love it love it love it (laughs) cheesiest movie you've ever seen cheesiest movie now that is a tough one that i definitely didn't prepare for (laughs) i uh wow that's great i think that um i'm I'm, this might be a hot take ty oh boy but i I think the notebook is pretty cheesy that's i I, I can't allow it i I have to cut this out (laughs) that's my wife and i's favorite movie together it's the the one Said that it's um maybe um maybe I just am um not not quite a sucker for romance um I mean it, it, it of course is a beautiful movie but uh, I I happen to find it a little cheesy but this is also coming from someone whose favorite movie is Space Jam so I'm not sure my opinions to be trusted here okay that, thank you for qualifying that but I mean <laughs> come on Ryan Gosling who couldn't fall for Ryan Gosling in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he's a hard That's funny. Um, all right, I do got one more then for you. Favorite family vacation memory growing up? Oh wow, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say actually the basketball Hall of Fame. Randomly enough, um, I, I went to Springfield, Mass, with my dad, and I can't quite remember how old I was. Might have been in sixth grade, and. And I absolutely loved the Basketball Hall of Fame. I'm a basketball fan, and it was so interactive and cool. And I just will never forget that memory and the, and the time I, I spent there with my dad, who is, you know, he's one of my best friends and absolutely love my father. Um, and so, you know, not quite the maybe tropical beach answer that you might have been looking for, but man, the basketball Hall, basketball Hall of Fame was just such a fun experience. I would absolutely go back. That is awesome. Very, very cool. Your your father live near you or you guys? Yep, yep. Him and my mom are, are still down in uh, Asbury Park area in New Jersey, which is where I'm from originally. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Emily, it has seriously been a pleasure. Thank you so much for giving me an hour. Very thank educational. And- Any last plugs you want to make for Tops and your... Yeah, no, just thank you again, Ty. This really was great. Um, please thank your your followers and the groups that you're in touch with for their questions. I would be more than happy to do this again if you wanted to gather a few more of their questions and I can actually prepare for them. Um, so please keep that in mind. I'd, you know, I'd be happy to find you some answers and answer anything. But this was great. Again, just uh, you know, be on the lookout. Follow us on social media at Tops. Be on the lookout for all the cool stuff that Tops is coming out at the end of this year and, of course, into 2020. And and uh, hopefully, I can do this again with you, Ty. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. Have awesome. a great weekend. Let's go Yankees tonight. Let's go Glaber. The Glaber Yankees. Yeah. It's Glaber Day, baby. <laughs> 
Awesome. Take care, Lee. Thanks. there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Emily. I had a blast. Uh, Lots of great perspectives. Hopefully you're able to take away something. Again, don't hesitate to tag me, shoot me a message, go to Discord, shoot me a private message. And if you have any questions for Emily, I'd be happy to submit them to you. I talked to her afterwards and she is completely open to answering questions and um, kind of taking the conversation to the next level. So look forward to having her back on in a few months uh, and as a part of the Series 1 campaign, promotional campaign. It's going to be a fun conversation to have. But again, go to breakculture.com, go check us out, be sure to enter the contest, and have yourself an amazing weekend.